0: The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Um, I want to inform parents, the teens' church is now actively running. So please, your teenagers, and even if you're a teenager here, we want you to go to the teens' church. It's in the second floor. Let me look at your neighbor and tell him, oh, you look like a teenager. You look look like a teenager (laughs) so if there's a teenager sitting beside you please encourage them and parents please let your kids go up to the teens church amen let me hear someone shout fixing financial challenges that's not a shout i said shout fixing financial challenges (laughs) see there's something about shouting that some of you have not understood yet It's not just enough sometimes to say things. There's a shout that intimidates the devil. Can I hear you shout fixing financial challenges? (laughs) See, when that statement alone, any devil that is trying to bring lack and poverty into your life, it will already start intimidating, shaking, start shaking. That is coming out of your mouth. Oh I'm telling you the devil's already we start shaking. Let me give somebody another opportunity again some people are still not shouting yet. Shout at the loudest of your voice fixing financial challenges. <laughs> Hallelujah. We started last Sunday and we said every challenge financially financially we are focusing on finances now can be fixed. So if you are going through any kind of financial challenge, whether it's that you are not earning enough money or you are not managing the money you are making well or you are in debt or whatever it is, you can't pay bills, you need to pay, this message is for you. In fact, I want to encourage you, go back and get the other teachings we've done in this series. Um, I believe the CD is available. Get it, listen to things we've said because we can't cover everything in these two, three services we're having, we are focusing on something particular this time around taking control of your wealth and riches. And we establish that you have wealth and riches. You have wealth and riches. Say that with me I have wealth and riches. How do you get it? How did you get it? Through inheritance. Through inheritance. The Bible lets you know that by coming into Christ you became a child of God and not just a child and heir. And like Jesus died, that is a type of your father that was a wealthy man dying. It's interesting, the Bible is called oh, it's divided into two parts Old Testament, New Testament. The word testament means will. So what you see under the Old Testament was God's will for his covenant people. What you see under the New Testament is God's will for his children. Praise God. And the moment the person that wrote or made a will dies, it comes into effect. So Jesus died and every provision we see in scriptures is available. And not only did Jesus die, he rose again to enforce that will. And that's what we want to teach you. How you can take control of these things. It begins by you recognizing that you have these things. And we took a lot of time addressing that last Sunday. Go again with me to Galatians chapter 4. Let's continue from there this morning. Galatians chapter 4. Now I say that the heir, verses 1 and 2, as long as he is a child... He does not differ at all from a slave. Though he is master of all. He is the master. He is the heir. But because he's still childish, he, he, he doesn't have control. He is like, like as if he's a slave. So what happens? He's under, 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 under governors and stewards. Until the time appointed by the father. What is the time appointed of the father? When the child grows up into a son. And that's how you take control. And specifically, we said, you need to take control in three major areas. Spiritually speaking, number one, you need to take control by faith. By faith. When you are not in faith, Concerning these things we are talking about, the riches that Jesus has obtained for you. You can be in faith concerning the health that Jesus has obtained for you. You can be in faith concerning the ministry that Jesus has obtained for you. But if you are not in faith concerning the riches, you are not yet in control. You are still, as it were, a child in that area. Now, pay particular attention. I'm not teaching you faith in this series. I'm not. We have taught you faith, and we will keep teaching you faith. What you need to do, what I'm asking you to do is to examine yourself. Am I in faith where my wealth and riches are concerned? That's what I'm asking you to do. Examine yourself. I'm not, teaching, I'm not here to teach faith. Examine yourself whether you're in faith. And I'm telling you, perhaps, or because you're not in faith, that may be why you're having the financial challenges you're having, if you're having financial challenges. And what I'm admonishing you to do is to go and build faith where your inheritance is concerned. With these scriptures we are sharing and any other scriptures the Lord will reveal to you. Go and build up your faith. Let me show you some interesting things about faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4. Hebrews 11 verse 4. Of course, we're all familiar with the book of Hebrews. Most of us are. And in the book of Hebrews, there was a catalog, a list of heroes of faith. We call that chapter in the Bible the hall of fame of the heroes of faith. And it's interesting, the first person in Bible study or study of scriptures, there's a principle we call the law of first mention. In other words, anything that is the the, the place where it is first mentioned or the place where the first principle is talked about or the first example given is very, very significant. The first example of a hero of faith was Abel. Hebrews eleven four, By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Glory be to God. God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. So, the first example of the Exercise of faith had to do with provision or blessing or riches. Amazing. Amazing. I know some of you are not seeing that, but I find that very instructive. The Bible calls Abraham the father of faith. And the story of Abraham began in Genesis chapter 12. And when you get to Genesis 13 and verse 2, Abraham was very rich, hallelujah, in livestock, in silver, and gold. You read on when you get to the end of Abraham's life, the Bible said God had blessed Abraham in everything, in all things. But the first testimony that we see recorded in Abraham's life, it wasn't a healing testimony, it wasn't a marital testimony it wasn't even the ultimate testimony that we know him for today, the birth of Isaac. It was a financial miracle. Amazing. Financial miracle. The first testimony required of Abraham. The first significant thing God did for him was that God blessed him financially and materially. Somebody say very rich. I read to you last week, Luke 4, 18. Jesus came and he opened Isaiah 61 and he was saying, this is my manifesto. And again, in Isaiah 61, look for it in. The first thing Jesus said he will do with the anointing upon his life was to preach to the poor. First thing. The first thing the anointing of my life will do is that it will minister to the poor. How? By preaching the gospel to them. Amazing. Amazing. John chapter 2, when Jesus began his ministry, verse 3. The Bible said they had run out of wine. The mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And the first miracle Jesus did was a miracle of provision. Miracle of provision. Verse 11 says, this beginning of signs did Jesus in Cana of Galilee. And manifested his glory. And disciples believed in him. Praise God. Ah, that amen or hallelujah requires repentance. Hallelujah. hallelujah. So we see the first time faith was used in scriptures that was testified about was with finances or provision. Give an offering and God said blessing him. God blessed him so much his brother said envying him. You know that's what's happening a lot in the body of Christ today. There are some cain spirited brothers that are attacking other believers. Albeit under the guise of abuse of tithes and offering because they don't have their own universities. And they don't have their own private jets. Obviously, the favor of God is more on Abel than on Cain. So somebody is now angry and jealous. If you don't agree with the man's doctrine, go and preach your own doctrine. Don't start telling me I'm stealing money because I have a jet. That's what Cain did. When Abel used his faith to believe God for blessing, and Cain did not. Go and study it. Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 to 16. God told Cain, why are you angry? Says sin is at the door and his desire is to have you. If you have done right, will you not be approved? You are being a rascal. You are not doing what I'm telling you to do. You are now, the people that are doing it, you are saying they are lying and deceiving people. And because they are getting results, you are not getting jealousy and envy as are. Of course, you are disguising it to, you are saying you are preaching. But okay, let me tell you a better way. Rather than calling me a thief, because you don't believe in what I'm preaching, go and preach your own. And let's see the one God we bless. I mean, that, that's, that's so simple. Why can't you do it? Why do you have to stab your brother in the back? It's the same spirit. that has been there for Genesis to be there till the end of time. Praise God. But I think it's important to see that they use their faith to get blessing on their life. That's what we're talking about. These things are available. The blessings Abel experienced that Cain became jealous of. It was available to Cain. But Hebrews 11 tells us how Abel got it by faith. He took control of that favor of God by faith. And that faith was demonstrated in the way he gave his offerings. Oh, Hallelujah. Tap your neighbor and say, check your faith. Check your faith. Check, check your faith. That's our commanding text this year. 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. Examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. I close last week by telling you where there is faith. So it's not that you won't know what to do. If faith is there, there will be speaking. So if you are not speaking, most likely you are not in faith. If you are not speaking these things. If faith is there, there will be hearing. If you are not hearing and hearing, maybe that's why there's no faith. Or most likely there's no faith. And if faith is there, they'll be acting. The way Abel gave was different from the way Cain gave. And the difference was faith. Glory be to God. Amen. Let's talk about the wisdom control. That's what we are going into today. Three controls you need. The same way someone that can control a car, a steering, and a pedal, the pedals of the car, and the gear can move the car. Ride the car. We said from what the revelation David gave us in um, Psalm 45, you can ride prosperity. Ride on in majesty. Ride prosperity in majesty. Jesus has made it available. Toyota has built the car. We are not asking you to go and manufacture your own car. No, no, no. We are not asking you to go and manufacture your wealth. Mm -mm. Don't waste time. You only have one life to live. Jesus has done the heavy lifting. Now that the inheritance has been made available through the cross of Jesus, now that Toyota has built the vehicle, you don't even have to understand everything. Just learn how to steer the steering. Learn how to operate the pedals. Learn how to use the gear. You can begin to ride that car. That's the illustration God put on my spirit for us in this Fixing Financial Challenges. That's all you need. If you now want to study mechanics, study mechanics. So. If you want to study engine dynamics, study engine dynamics. If you want to build your own car, build your own car. But you don't even have to go that far. Controls. Let me ask somebody shout control. And the first control you need is faith. Most likely, any believer that is struggling financially is not standing in faith financially. Now, some may be standing in faith. That's why we are giving you three controls. So you can be steering, but you're not pressing the accelerator or the brake. Wisdom. Let's establish the wisdom and wealth connection. Proverbs chapter 8. I love the title in my Bible, the excellence of wisdom. And it listed many things wisdom does. Verse 1, does not wisdom cry out? And that's what I want to do today. I want to lend my voice to wisdom and cry out. Adventure, somebody that is having financial challenges can hear the wisdom in my voice in the word of God and change and begin to enjoy what Jesus has obtained for you. Does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up our voice? Verse 12 I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge and discretion. Hallelujah. So when we talk about wisdom, we are saying different things. We are talking discretion. We are talking prudence. We are talking knowledge. We are talking counsel. You study wisdom in the Bible, there are many synonyms. And you should also note, this wisdom comes from the word of God. Let me drop this right here. Look at me, everybody. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Wisdom comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. The word of God is the wisdom of God. That's why we preach from the word. Verse 18. Wisdom speaking. Riches and honor are with me. Glory to God. Enduring riches. Not that you are, you are rich in 2010 and you are broke in 2018. Mm-mm. Anybody that has that testimony, it's a sign that the wisdom of God is in operation. Prospering in 2018, broke in 2020. Mm, That's not the wisdom of God. Enduring riches. Somebody say enduring riches. And righteousness. Verse 19, my fruit is better than gold. Yes, than fine gold. My revenue than choice silver. Verse 20, I traverse the way of righteousness. Travel the way of righteousness. In the midst of the paths of justice. So, uh, when, when you really have godly wisdom, you will live right. You will live right. You will be a fair, just person. Verse 21, that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth and that I may fill their treasuries. May you inherit wealth in Jesus' name. And we are talking about you really manifesting it. May your treasuries be filled in Jesus' name lift your hands and declare with me, I love wisdom, I love wisdom, I love wisdom. Say, with, say, say this to me. Say, Pastor T, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Talk to me about wisdom. Talk to me about wisdom. Wisdom will cause you to inherit your wealth. That's the wealth and riches we are talking about. The one that comes by inheritance. Which inheritance? The inheritance Jesus obtained for you on the cross. Hallelujah. First Kings, chapter 3. I love what God told Solomon. We are all familiar with the story of Solomon. He became king and he went before God that night. And the Bible said he had just one desire. One one desire. God, give me wisdom. And in verse 12, God responded. Behold, 1 Kings 3 verse 12. I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and discerning heart. Hallelujah. Verse 13. I have also also giving you what you did not ask. He did not ask for wealth and riches. God said, I've given you what you did not ask, what you have not asked, both riches and honor. He only asked for wisdom, so that there will be none, there will not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. See, wisdom and riches is like water and wet. Did you get that? Water is always wet. Wisdom is always loaded with riches. You get the wisdom, you get the riches and honor. You get the water, you get the wet. You can't have water and not get wet. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? You can't have wisdom and not have riches. So where there are no riches, it is proof positive that the wisdom of God is lacking. If you are with me, say a loud, amen. Amen. Don't get bitter. Don't get angry. Don't get condemned. Just know that, wow, that means I need wisdom. Or I need a higher dimension of wisdom. You know why you are not a billionaire? And I know there's no billionaire under the sound of my voice here, except you're a billionaire that is not paying tithe. I check, I check the tithe. <laughs> Amen. You know why there's no billionaire here? Yet. Somebody say yet, 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 yet. The wisdom of a billionaire, somebody is not yet working in it. It's wisdom. Try and run Facebook for one month, you will see that it is wisdom wisdom. That's it. So everybody's prayer ought to be like Solomon's prayer. Lift up your hands and say, Father, grant me wisdom. Look at, look at the prayer I prayed. Verse 9. Verse 9. This should be your prayer. Every Wednesday in this church we pray for wisdom. And we do that to teach everyone that is a member of this church, pray for wisdom constantly. That was Apostle Paul's number one prayer for all the churches if you read these epistles. That God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That God will enlighten the eyes of your understanding. That God will fill you with the knowledge of his will. In counsel- all of them, understanding, no counsel, no knowledge, all, it's all wisdom. So Solomon prayed, hallelujah, verse 9. Therefore, give your servant, watch the prayer, this should be your prayer. Look at your neighbor and say, this should be your prayer. Give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people. That I may discern between good and evil. Glory be to God. Verse ten. I love it so much. This speech pleased the Lord. Hallelujah. This speech, the prayer points. There are some prayer points that God is not really impressed. Kill my enemy. Give me Pastor's wife as my wife. Give me Pastor's position as my position. No, you are just reporting yourself to God. That you are not Pastor's friend. <laughs> But the prayer, Lord, give me wisdom. (laughs) It pleased the Lord that Solomon has asked this thing. Look at me, everybody. If you are that guy, like the rest of us in church, that you consistently pray for wisdom, and that's why we do it once in a week, God is pleased. If you are that guy that you don't consistently pray for wisdom, I'm telling you, God is not too impressed. Learn to pray for wisdom, learn to ask for wisdom. Because the more wisdom you are engaging, the more you can control what God has for you. Solomon became the richest man that ever lived. If I look at what God told him, there will be nobody as you before and after you. It's interesting. The wisest man became the wealthiest man. It's a wisdom control. The wisest became the wealthiest. How did he get it? He asked for it. Hey, he didn't go to Harvard to get it to, he did what? I can't hear you this morning. He did what? Eh? I can't hear you. He did what? Why are you not asking? If you are not asking. And if you are asking, why can't you ask better? How do you know whether you need to ask better? You are, can, you work on, can anybody here work on a higher level of wisdom? I can't hear you. You are sure? You, you know you have not yet worked in the fullness of the wisdom of God yet. Raise your hand. Ask for it. Until God tells us different, every Wednesday in this church we'll pray for wisdom. And that will be a lifetime. I'm not saying you can't pray for wisdom on Tuesday. I hope somebody understands that. Uh-huh. Glory be to God. James 1.5, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. That's how it comes. It's not rocket science. Ask for wisdom. God gives all, liberally, all. He won't give to the people that are nice alone, no, all and without reproach. It pleases God. Please hear this. It pleases God when His children come and say, God, give me the next dimension of wisdom. The same please the Lord. The same please the Lord. He gives all liberally and without reproach. James 1:5. And it will be given to Him. Verse 6. Watch how they're connected wisdom and faith here. Yeah. But let him ask in faith. So we are back to the faith control. Without, with, without no doubt, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea. See why people don't get control of these things? He said when you are not in faith, you are not in control. You are like the waves of the sea tossed by the wind. Tossed by the wind. You are not, I love, put up the picture of the artwork for the meeting. A rudder. That's the rudder of a sheep. So rather being tossed by the wind, you are controlling the sheep of your life. By faith. Put up the artwork. Controlling your life. Rather than being tossed to and fro. Verse 7. Let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. Build faith. Ah, pastor, I don't know how to build faith. Go and learn how to build faith. Go to the church library. Get books and the teachings we've done over and over in this church. Get your KTI manual. Hello, somebody. Look at me, oh. Don't hack what I'm saying right now. Don't override what I'm saying. Don't ignore what I'm saying. This is the key. And don't go and start looking for another solution. It will not last Examine whether you are really believing. If you are not believing, don't condemn yourself. Take For the next 40 to 60 days, I'm going to build faith where my finances are concerned. And as you are doing that, pray for wisdom. Oh, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Is somebody here with me this morning? I'm going to give you a minute. Whether it's faith that you feel is lacking or wisdom or both, lift up your hands where you are seated and take a minute and talk to your father. Help me with my faith. Help me with my wisdom. You examine yourself. We are not here to condemn you. We are here to help you. Some of you need both of them. Some of you, the faith part is okay. You are not struggling with faith, but you just still don't know what to do. Then pray for wisdom. Some of you need both. You don't confess these things. You are not speaking. You are not hearing these things we are saying. In fact, some of you, are sounding like Greek. No faith, no faith, no faith. Pray, pray, pray. Talk to God. One minute. Just one minute. Talk to God. Help me with my faith. Help me with wisdom. Help me. That thing you are trusting God for financially, is there faith there? And do you have the wisdom of God for it? If you don't have it, ask. Ask. I'm not preaching rocket science here. I'm preaching ABCs of taking control of what Jesus has obtained for you. Number one is faith. Number two is wisdom. In the name of Jesus, I decree over you a fresh wave of faith, a fresh wave of wisdom. As you have asked and as you have believed, God will begin to show you what you ought to do to experience what is there. Faith and wisdom. Praise God. Hallelujah. Luke 15, let me begin to close. I have a serious closing anointing these days. Man. i finishing service on time. Pastor says I'm not yet finished on time. But me, I think 10 minutes, 15 minutes after service is okay. <laughs> Amen. But one day I will finish this service 30 minutes before the service is over. In fact, I feel I can even close the service now. Rise on your feet. I can... Has somebody learned something already? I can close service now. Go and work on the ones I've shared with you. Luke 15, please check this scripture out with me, very important, before you open to Luke 15, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, very amazing scripture, never forget it if you are not familiar with it, all scripture, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, everything you read in the Bible, even the begats, you know what I mean by the begats, those chapters in the Bible where they just list genealogy, there's a revelation there last said even the maps is anointed. The maps on the Bible. <laughs> the maps. <laughs> all scripture is given how? By the inspiration of God. And it is profitable for doctrine, so we can teach from all scripture. Profitable for reproof. You can say, oh, this way you're missing it. This way you're wrong. Profitable for correction. No, correction is where you're saying this way you're wrong. Reproof is where we are saying no. You're being this is harsh correction. Let me tell you that, no, you're, you're being foolish or you're, you're behaving like a rascal. That's reproof. Correction is a softer. And instruction. This is what to do. Go and do this, do this, do this. Like I'm telling everybody now, examine faith and build faith. Ask God for wisdom. Learn to walk in wisdom, which is what I want to show you now. And you will find that you are in greater control of what was promised you in the Bible. Or it is showing for more in your life. Instruction. It does all these things, doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction, that the man of God, that person that needs to pastor on a Sunday morning, the man or the woman of God, may be complete. May you be complete in Jesus' name. Amen. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. May you be thoroughly equipped for every good work in Jesus' name. All scripture. And I read that text to you for one purpose. I want us to study Luke 15. And Luke 15 doesn't sound like a financial fixing scripture. In fact, if you study the chapter, they came to me, the, the, the Pharisees were complaining about Jesus. He's a friend of sinners. He's a friend of sinners. He's doing Fragrance Sunday. I mean, God woke me up this morning. I said, I wanted to teach from Luke 15. And I thought I was quite remorse of God because it's Fragrance Sunday. He said, yes, that's what I want to teach about it. And he said, there are financial answers in Luke 15. All scripture is profitable. All scripture is profitable. So they came in Luke 15 and said, this man is a friend of sinners. That's what we want to do today. We want to be a friend of sinners. Those people that don't go to church, we want to go, I'm your friend. Jesus loves you. Come to church. And Jesus responded by sharing three parables with them. Let me start with the third parable. The parable of the lost son. Verse 11 of Luke 15. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. And if you study the Bible very well, that man was a type of God. And the two sons were two categories of children God has. The younger one of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. Give me my inheritance. Amazing. Amazing. Look at what the older son said. Or look... Through what he said, let's see a window of what was going on in his heart. Verse 29. When the younger son came back and had lost everything and they were throwing a party, the Bible said the older one refused to come to the party. And when his father came out and told him, come to the party, this is what he said. Just to let us know how he was thinking. Lo, Verse 29. These many years I've been serving you. I never transgressed your commandments at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat. That I might make merry with my friends. The younger one came and said, give me the portion that belongs to me. The older one was telling the father, you didn't even give me a goat. Two kinds of children. They are those that know their inheritance, know their wealth and riches, and they're exercising their faith to walk in it. They are those that are just waiting for God to do it for them. Ask your neighbor for me, which one are you? Because the only two sons in this kingdom, which one are you? Which one? Ask ask your neighbor which one are you? Which one are you? you? Listen, 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 listen. You are one of the two. You are one of the two. You are either the son that knows you are an heir and you are bold enough to ask for it. Or you are the one, look at what confused the older one. Watch, he said two amazing things. Number one, I am serving you. No, this thing is not because of service. This thing is by inheritance. Some people think because they sing in the choir. That's why. No, it doesn't matter whether you sing in the choir. Please sing in the choir. That's not my point. So they are trying to use their stewardship to bring. No, it's Inheritance has nothing to do whether I serve God or not. Serve God. There are benefits. You see this is where people get confused. The Bible teaches us about benefits of serving God. You now take the rewards or benefits to mix it up with nice things. No. Look at what the other said again. Number one, I serve you. Number two, I have never transgressed your commandments. First of all, that's a lie. But let's even grant him for the purpose of our discussion. He was living holy. Some people think it's because you are living right. It has nothing to do with whether you are living right. Live right. I, I beg you, live right. Because that's not my point. But this is where people miss it. No. You don't take control by your stewardship. Mm-hmm. Some people have been serving God forever. They are broken than shattered glass. You don't take control by holiness. Some people are holier than Jesus himself. They are broken than chalk. You, you see, you, you don't understand. How do you take control somebody? What did I teach you? Number one, you take control by what? Faith. Faith. Now, most likely when you are in faith, you will serve. When you are in faith, you will live holy. But it's not holiness and it's not stewardship. It's what that younger boy did. I'm your son. I'm your heir. I am old enough. control my inheritance. Look at what the Bible told us happened. When he asked, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. Father, this is how we know you are mature for this thing. If you're a child, you won't ask. You don't even know what is yours. But Father, give me the portion of the goods that falls to me. So the father divided to them his inheritance. The older boys in was already divided to him, laid up in store for him. He was still waiting for the father to give him a goat because he was singing in the choir and because he was living right as a pastor. You will there if you do that. Like that guy. Again, we are not saying you should not serve. Some people will take this thing and go to another extreme. It's like the people that are arguing about tithing now. No, it's not because you tithe that God blesses you. We know that. You are blessed because you are an heir. But you see, you walk in inheritance by faith. and like Abel, when you give tithes. Ah, did Abel give tithes? Yes, he did. That's what he, the first. They said he gave the first and the best. That's the language of tithe. But it was his faith. Hebrews 11, he say because Abel tithe said his faith. You see, he acted on his faith. It was faith. So some people are tithing, but there's no faith there. They're just doing it because if they don't do it now, they'll catch us in church that we didn't pay tithe. When you do it like that, God is not pleased. It's faith that moves God or pleases God. Can I hear loud? Amen. Hallelujah. Two sons. One knew he was an heir. And not only did he know he was an heir, he was ready to take control. The other one did not know. Or he didn't know what. He was confused. Ask your neighbor for me again which one are you? Okay, 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 okay. you don't want to ask your neighbor. Ask yourself, which one am I? Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Not condemn yourself. Examine. Do I know I'm an heir? Is this teaching helping me to be conscious of my inheritance? And do I know I can ask for it? Let me move on. Praise God. So you know the story. The Bible said, verse 13... Not many days after that, the younger son, Luke 15, verse 13, he gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted with prodigal living. And you know the story, he lost everything. So it's, this is why we need not just faith control. He was in faith, we saw that. That's why he came to ask the father. He was aware of his inheritance, that's why he asked the father. But he obviously lacked wisdom. Lacked wisdom. How many times have we seen Christians that God prospered and a few months down the road, it is gone? Lack of wisdom. We are not condemning anybody. God gave them a job. God gave them a business breakthrough. Two years later. When those kind of things happen, please hear me, hear me carefully. As I was praying for this service, God told me the sermon I'm giving you to preach today it's going to sound like Jesus telling disciples to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Some people will not like it. And Satan will tempt them to leave the church. So I'm going to check attendance very well next Sunday. (coughs) I'm telling you. I'm telling you what God told me. They will not like it. They will not like it. Because sometimes, see, there is enemy. Your enemy attacking you. There is enemy, like 3 jokes. we say the enemy is inside of you, sir. You are your worst enemy. Oh, enemy. Nobody needs a witch with the kind of life you are living. You don't need witch. You are your worst. The enemy is inside. This boy wasn't a witch in his, his village. Took the wealth, and the Bible said, Look at the first thing. This is the first wisdom we are going to learn from him. Wasted it. People waste things. Waste. That's why they have financial challenges. Look at it. Verse 14. Again, it's, I'm giving you eat my meat, drink my blood kind of salmon. I may be pointing a mirror to your face right now. You are in that pig's pen because of the way you handled what God has given you. It's not an easy salmon to take. but well, look at me, look at me, look at me. Read my lips again. Is everybody, please, zero in on my lips. Look my, Look at my lips. It's the truth. I'm going to give you 3 wisdom lessons from this boy and this family, this story. Number 1, waste. Proverbs 21:20. Waste. Why are people having financial challenges? They waste what God gives them. Waste. There is desirable treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise. Say with me, wealth and riches in my house. But a foolish man squanders it. I love the KJV translation. It's a lot clearer. There is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise. KJV. The first one we read was NKJV. But a foolish man spendeth it up. If you are that guy, look at me. Look at me. That everything that comes into your hand, you spend it all. You are wasteful. You are wasteful. You should never spend everything that comes into your hand. This is not, this waste. Is not just that I have a billion dollars and I said, "No, your hundred naira, your hundred naira. Spend it all, squander it all." Look, I told you some series back. We should never shake you any time t of any day of any week of any month or any year and there's no money in your hand. That's a waster. Anytime! Ah, not that it's the 25th of the month and I've not paid your salary. And so what? We are not talking about the salary they have not paid you. Wasteful. Watch the New Living Translation. It's the clearest of all of them. Proverbs 21.20 Are you seeing the meat and the blood of Jesus that I'm giving you? How many friends do I see you have in church? Fasten your seatbelt it's going to get worse or better. Proverbs 21.20, New Living Translation. The wise have wealth and luxury. But fools spend whatever they get. Listen to me. Look at me. I told you I've never experienced poverty in my life. I'm in my mid-forties now. Not one day. Never. This was my parents' secret. They don't spend everything, and from a very young age they taught us. That's all. Look, if that's the only wisdom you know, only we, look. If that boy, before he left the house, he said he took everything. If he had said, "Older brother, keep ten percent. Don't let me go with everything. Keep ten percent. Keep five percent." When he lost the ninety-five, there will be a five percent to fall off on. Was stupid rascal. He, he took everything. Waste. That, that's all. That, that's all my parents, is they didn't even have revelation of wealth. My mother learned it from her father. One day my father's, my godfather he told me, the moment his children are born, the money they give them for naming ceremony, you use it to go and buy shares for them. By the time they are 20 years old, if you invest money for 20 years, you will be shocked how many millions you can send them to school abroad. The student went to school abroad. He told me that. My parents didn't do that one. If I was born at night, it wasn't last night. I'm doing the savings the parents are doing. After all my children, there's, there's a savings somewhere for them. From day one. We don't spend the money they come to give us at naming ceremony. It's not even your money. It's not your money. It's for the child. Meat. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. It's <laughs> my flesh and drink. It's not your money. But well, you see, he, he said, "The fool will spend everything." We should never. Somebody should write that down. Not just in your book or your heart. There should never. Somebody say never. never. You are not saying that never like I'm saying it. to. Uh-huh. some of it, I got it. Never be a time in your life where there's no money in your hand. Uh, you see, some of these things we honestly make mistake. I'm counseling somebody to help her financially. She had some savings. Then her parents fell sick. This is what she told me. And she took the money to go and treat the parents. I said, for where? Can you afford it? You should know what you can afford and what you can't afford. That is not what your savings are for. Your savings are not for paying for things you can't afford. If you can't afford it, you can't afford it. Tell your parents, I don't have the money. Let's all pray and look to God. They we hack that one. Though. But I'm speaking the truth. See, when you start trying to do things you can't do, number one, it tells God that you are proud. You may not think it's pride. When some, somebody in the family is sick, okay, watch. Maybe the bill was $200,000. She is because you have $200,000 either. What if the bill was $2 million? Where will you get that $2 million from? Now, whether it's $2 million or 200000 the underlying question is can you afford it? That's what you decide whether you spend the money. And if it is savings, that's not what it's for. People don't have savings. And they are wondering why they are broke. I'm wondering why you are not broker. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. Tap your neighbor, eat his flesh and drink his blood. Eat his, eat his flesh and drink his blood. Don't get angry. Come on, tell him, eat his flesh and drink his blood. Tell him, come back to church next Sunday. They'll see one more part. They'll see one more part. No savings. That's the reason. Waste. So please, learn to have a storehouse. That, that's all you need to do. Learn to have what? Deuteronomy 28, 28. Let me tell you why some people are broke. The answer is this, Deuteronomy 28, 28. Please watch. Deuteronomy 28, 28. The Lord will command the blessing upon you. Where? Some people think God just commands the blessing anyhow. No. Oh, three places. If you don't have any of these places, you'll be broke. Or we will not see the blessing. Three places. Number one, again, law first mentioned. Look at the first place God is going to command blessing in your life. Number one is where? In your storehouses. Ah please tap a neighbor. In fact, tap five neighbors, speak to them in your storehouses. Five of them, five of them. Is your storehouse, sir? That's the problem. You have spent everything. So even when Pastor P preached under the anointing, the Spirit of to there is nothing. We wanted to sow our seed this week. Let me share something amazing with you. Our benevolent suffering that we are saying we are taking this month, and let me tell you what Pastor India and I do. We separate God's tithe immediately. Income comes, then we separate another ten percent for our seed storehouse. And that's where we give all our tithe and offering come from. Pay our tithe immediately, keep under ten percent Storehouse, that you, you, you need to learn how to keep a storehouse. You see, I'm teaching you wisdom. This is not faithful. Some people, their faith is even stronger than patriotism. But no wisdom of a storehouse. No wisdom of a storehouse. That's, that's wisdom. So they can't control. The, the same inheritance we all have, but there's no control. I looked at that store. So, when we, so anytime we are led to give an offering and there isn't enough in our storehouse, then we have savings. Savings that we don't touch. And the only time we usually touch our savings is one of the main reasons is when God commands a seed, puts it on our heart, give this amount, and our seed storehouse doesn't have the money, or God is telling us to give more than our seed storehouse, we give from our savings. And it has been amazing. That savings keeps multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. Command the blessing on your storehouses. Command the blessings on your storehouses. But where there's no storehouse, what can we bless? So the, the blessing is only to avoid zero. Blessing times zero is what? Uh-huh. Someone is already hacking me. Blessing times zero is what? Let me help people I can help. One more time. Blessing times zero is What? Start saving. I taught that about two or three financial, fixing financial challenges two, three years ago. Never, ever spend everything that comes your hand. Never, never, never. Know what you can afford and what you can't afford. Work with a budget. When I became director of operations, I didn't have Pastor faith. Pastor forget. I knew that one. But when they told me I was going to be director of operation after person, I said, how? But thank God I knew a thing or two about wisdom. I got into the office, did a simple budget. This is how much you can spend on salaries and remuneration. It will never be 20%. Got the amount. This is what we can afford to pay. Anything that we can't pay. I told you, we can't pay you anymore. We didn't promise anybody employment in ministry. Ministry is no employment. Ministry is inheritance. We are sons of our father. Some people didn't like it, oh, but we are better financially today than we were six, seven years ago. It wasn't faith. I didn't, I, there was no. My faith was not as developed as a personal faith. I don't know how personal I used to do it, oh. but thank God I had wisdom control. Simple. Simple. There will never be a month in Kingswood where we can't pay staff salaries. How? 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 As the income comes in, there's a budget. There's a storehouse. This is for people's that's all. Not faith, not prayer, wisdom. And you you now don't lose this wisdom. You now want to use prayer. You will. That's why the prayer has not been working. It's not by prayer. Number one on your storehouse is number two. In all that you set your hand to do. So no work every Monday in this church we pray concerning the work of our hands. That person that is testifying that God gave them a 20-year-old business, they are one of the most consistent people in that prayer meeting. And they are doing investments in hundreds of thousands of dollars. I knew when they started coming to this church. That's the next place where God will bless you, the work of your hand. No work of your hand, nobody should not, should be not having work. I'm not saying employment. If they don't employ you, employ yourself. Because we live in a place where unemployment is high. Let me quickly close. Number three. Where else will he bless us? Number three. He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. There's something about stepping into your promised land. Look at the three places where the blessing will work. It will work in your storehouse. Someone did say my storehouse. Two, in the work of my hands. Let me hear you. Three, in my promised land. You need those three things. Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with what? Number one, your possession. Possession. And with the first fruit of all your increase. Amplify says your income. Look at the New Living Translation. Proverbs 3.9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the best parts of everything you produce. That's what Abel did. The Bible said he gave God the first and the best. I told you first in scriptures mean three things. This last series, ask your neighbour. Do you still remember? Uh-huh. Examine yourself. Number one, it means first, prioritizing God. Number two, it means best, and number three, it means most. I use three Ps. I think I said priority. You can remember the other two. But that's that's what Abel did. And he did it by faith. Abel wasn't born when Solomon wrote this. So Abel was in Genesis, but God had taught them. I must be forced in your life. But watch what will happen when you do that. That's where we are going today. That's what we did the last series. I thought extensively on that, the last fixing financial challenges. So go and get the CD. Verse 10: When I honor God with my possessions and my tithe, so your bands shall be filled with plenty. Where we what will be filled with plenty, your what and your vats shall overflow with new wine. I know you are not farmers, and bans doesn't make a sense to you. So I took the liberty to look into the dictionary for what a ban is. Here what the dictionary calls a ban. A ban is a building, not a room, a building for storing hay and grain, etc. A ban is what? A building. You should have a big storehouse. I recommend a bank account that I recommend multiple bank accounts for saving different things. This is where we keep the seed that I'm going to sow. That, that's what we do. I remember when we started opening multiple accounts. When I said, why are we opening this many accounts? God showed me them. So I'm going to put seed. Not that a guest minister will come. Like Reverend Boyega came. And he preached. And you are blessed. And you don't have seed to sow. For where? But that will happen when you don't have a storehouse. A storehouse of seed. For where? You see, and when you do these things, you are connecting to opportunities. When you give benevolent offerings, when you give ministers' offerings, opportunities. Opportunities. But some people can never seize opportunities because they've spent everything. So when I'm saying saving, I'm not just talking expense saving. I'm talking seed saving as well. That God will give you an opportunity to connect to an anointing and you don't have anything to connect with it. And yes, you can connect to an anointing with your finances. Can somebody say amen to that? Let any rascal on the internet deceive you. What is a barn? A building for storing. What is a vat? A large container. Why did they have to stress that it's large? Hey, that's what it means a large container as a tub or a tank used for storing and holding liquids you should have solid savings investments you should have liquid savings wisdom that's what we are talking here wisdom some people lack this wisdom that's why though they believe the inheritance The faith is not producing because wisdom will forever be the principal thing, even in 2018. Forever. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I think I should stop there today. (laughs) Hallelujah. Rise on your feet. Let's close. Lift your hands to heaven. Father, grant me wisdom. Simple prayer. Grant me wisdom. I know some people, we have a thousand and one reasons why they do not save. I wish I had time to, I will go into that next week. Ah, I don't even make enough money. And so what? And so what? Think about that for one week. I will answer it next week. Hey, what I'm making is not even enough. And so what? That's not a reason. You will never make enough money, naturally speaking. Never. See, this is where growing up comes in. You see, children can never delay gratification. Ah, I need a shirt, they buy it. Hey, I need ice cream, they buy it. Hey, I need to pay rent, they pay it. No, you don't do money like that. You don't do money like that. Control. Somebody say control. So anytime they come to meet me, hey, pastor, I want to buy these things. I say, praise God. God can afford it. Put it on a list. We have what we call project list. And it stays there forever until God provides the money. Stays there. Until, if the money doesn't come. Jesus didn't have a microphone when he started the ministry, sir. We can do this thing without a microphone. <laughs> it will still work. It's tell me Because you need to buy a microphone, that's why you don't have savings. So what, what does that God do with anything? No, let me tell you what you lack. You lack wisdom. You lack wisdom. That's what, anytime there's no savings. Anytime that you have spent everything. Like that prodigal son, It's a testament of waste. It's a manifestation of waste. Not everything that comes into your hand is for spending. Some things belong to God. Some things belong to other people. Then some things belong to you. I told you first time we did fixing financial challenges, go and read the rich, the rich man of Babylon. Is that the richest man of Babylon? That was all he thought there, save. Fact, I love the way he put it, say, pay yourself first. The guy didn't teach tidy you no. Know. It's not necessarily a Bible book, but he taught wisdom. And what he taught was very simple: pay yourself first. Those of you that when your mother or your father, or your uncle, or your brother, or your church member gets sick, you now go and spend your savings. There's a simple solution. There some savings that you can't touch. Join a cooperative or something. I came in this morning and I saw a cooperative banner. Or savings that you have to get permission from three, four people to touch it. Not savings that you can walk into bank and put ATM and you spent it and I say you have savings. You don't have savings. Put it somewhere where you can't touch it. Or you will have to get three or four people's permission to touch it. It will bless your ban. Your solid savings. We bless your vats, your liquid savings. Lift those ends. Everybody, ask God for wisdom. This is not to condemn you. Ask God for wisdom. Lord, grant me wisdom that will help me control my riches. I, I mean, to the degree where you, can, you need to control it. I've shown you a very, very big place here. Control. It takes wisdom to control this thing. Kanama, Pray, 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 pray. Let God's hand come upon you. Let God touch your mind. Please, I beg you, pray. If you have no savings, go and start. You prioritize savings. Prioritize it like you prioritize your tithe. Decide the percentage of your income that you are going to be saving. Do it first. Don't pay your rent before you save. No, that's not wise. Don't buy a car before you save. No. Don't buy clothes before you save. No. Don't eat before you save. No. Save first. Pay God first. Pay yourself next. Come on, talk to God. Ask God for wisdom. You see, a a wise person understands what I'm saying. When you don't understand what I'm saying, foolishness is at work somewhere. Pray for wisdom. You should never be without savings. Never, 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 never. Pray, pray. Let me give you one more minute. Pray for wisdom. Wisdom. That son, though he was a son with faith, but he was a son that lacked wisdom. He lost everything after a while. You will not lose what God has given you in Jesus' name. Pray for wisdom. Pray for wisdom. Faith is not enough. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God, and you ask in faith. Pray for wisdom. 30 more seconds, someone, somebody pray. God will help you. You don't need condemnation. You need help. You need teaching. You need instruction. You need correction. You need doctrine. You need reproof. That's what I'm giving. I'm not giving condemnation. If you don't have savings, start saving. Start saving. If that's the only wisdom I can give you today, I've helped you tremendously. Pray for the wisdom to get that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere, Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Ital Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat-Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email, KMI Africa, at kingsword.org. Telephone, two three four eight one zero. Zero 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 six four zero.